Welcome everyone. This is No Need to Argue with Kobe Wittick. Welcome to the show everyone. I am your host Kobe Wittick. This is No Need to Argue. Thank you all for joining me. It is a beautiful November 21st, day before Thanksgiving. I'm hitting you all a little early, so hopefully it doesn't throw off your timeline of when you usually listen to me, but wanted to get this in before Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully everyone out there does have an amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a lot of football going on. Hopefully everyone will be enjoying some good food and uh, obviously hopefully some much needed time with family members. So definitely wish you all a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. But for today, we will definitely get into the slate of games tomorrow, some of the big games that we have going on. Um, a lot of good matchups tomorrow, but not so much on Sunday, unfortunately. So could be a good weekend to get out there and enjoy the weather if it holds up uh, being as nice as it has this week. And we will go from there. So uh, check me out at Twitter at no need to a uh, on Twitter. You can go there and see uh, videos that I post, uh, polls that I post, and some of the videos from you got to be kidding me moments that we had on Monday. And we will definitely get into that Monday night game, but kind of a little bit of a shocker just happened. I was watching the game, watching it wrap up, and Duke just lost to Gonzaga in the championship of the Maui Invitational. And uh, it was a close game. I mean, they ended up losing 89-87. Last minute shot uh, got blocked uh, about three times. Um, you know, the big time players for Duke, you know, they had good games, but, you know, defensively, they just could not get the job done when they needed to. And I tell you what, man, that, uh, that Brandon Clark, the center for Gonzaga is, uh, is an absolute beast. And he had some big time plays down the stretch for Gonzaga. That is a definite contender this year. Uh, you know, I know Gonzaga every single year is kind of one of the, you know, surprise teams if they make it to the Final Four. You know, they kind of play in a weaker conference over there in, uh, you know, Northwest United States. But, uh, you know, that coach and Gonzaga, I mean, they've always done such a good job there. Such a consistent program of success there. And they've had some really good March Madness runs over the past couple of years. So definitely a team to watch out for. Duke, you know, both these teams come in. Undefeated, Duke ranked number one, Gonzaga ranked number three. Duke obviously, you know, has the big three freshmen that, uh, you know, came in this year, top ranked freshman out of high school. Zion Williamson, uh, you know, he's definitely a beast down low, probably going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft next year. But, you know, I, I look at this loss, the way they played, you know, they fought hard. It was a good game. But, uh, I mean, Duke was down in the first half in this game. You know, they were down by eight. They were kind of struggling. They bring it back in the second half, outscore Gonzaga by six in the second half, end up losing by two. Uh, but, you know, this loss for Duke may end up being a good thing for them this early in the season. You know, sometimes when you bring in those top-tier freshmen, you know, they go undefeated. Some of the big wins that they've had already this season – you know, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they get a little hot-headed. Maybe they start thinking that this is too easy. Uh, you know, they beat Auburn in a close game. You know, they've had some big wins. Obviously, you know, opening night against Kentucky, just blowing them out of the water. Uh, you know, so, 
like I said, a young team like this, some kids that definitely have some big, big time talent that'll be playing at the next level could be good for them to lose a tough one like this early in the year and will probably help them more with this loss than a win later on in the year. But we'll see what happens. Duke is definitely uh, still going to be on everyone's radar. I would not see this loss dropping them too far or you know affecting them too much. This will probably help them more than hurt, as I said, and will probably boost them into, you know, the rest of the season and definitely conference play, you know, once that kind of gets going um, after the new year. So uh, definitely fun to watch, though. Pretty much anytime Duke is on TV, I I tune in and, you know, my wife had never seen him play. And I was like, you got to check out this guy, Zion Williamson. He's an absolute beast. Just watching his body type and what he's able to do, it's pretty spectacular (laughs) what that guy's capable of. So, um, good game though. Gonzaga got to give them all the credit. They had some big time plays down the stretch, really, really good defense, uh, you know, blocking shots and getting deflections and doing what they needed to. So, uh, big time game, but had to touch base on that. Cause I just got done watching it and, uh, it was a nail biter till the end. I'm not necessarily a Duke or a Gonzaga fan, but I always seem to pick them in my final four. So I got to gotta keep an eye out a little bit when March Madness comes so I know a little bit of what's going on when I make my picks and I'm not completely blind in doing so. But uh, getting back to football and the Monday night showdown that we had, you know, we talked about it on Monday, the Chiefs, the Rams, you know, what this meant. Uh, you know, obviously, I think everyone in the country knew it was going to be a pretty high scoring game. And anyone who bet the under in Vegas probably maybe doesn't know football or was just trying to play the odds to make some big, big time money if, you know, the defense <laughs> made some uh, made some stops. But, I mean, you look at this game and as we talked about on Monday, you know, with the Broncos in particular, and, you know, you got to throw the ball to win. And, you know, this is kind of where the NFL has has been for a while now and where everyone sees the NFL going is you got to have the all-star quarterback. You got to have weapons because you're going to have to put up big time points to compete in the NFL. And I think, you know, I may be a little too old school on, you know, this thinking, but defense wins championships. And I'm a firm believer in that. I will always be a firm believer in that because over the course of history, it continues to be the same story every day. It doesn't matter what offense or how high powered or what the statistics are defense wins championships and i look back to you know new england's undefeated season going into the super bowl against the giants and the defense that they had in place and how they were able to win that game obviously you know eli manning and that offense made some big time plays and scored enough points to win the game but defense was a huge part in stopping that high powered offense with tom brady at the lead you look at the Denver Broncos and the first Super Bowl that they went to in 2013 with Peyton Manning and you know Peyton Manning setting all these records and he's come back from his injury and all looks well and he's got weapons all across the board and they're putting up all these stats and they go up against one of the best defenses in NFL history in the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl and completely dismantle the Broncos offense. So Many more scenarios like that in place, but I will always, always, always say that defense wins championships, and defense was, I mean, a huge part in the Rams' win on Monday night, because if you don't score the two touchdowns that that defense scored, 
the Rams aren't winning and the Rams offense was a little stagnant, you know, at times of the game, you know, in that second and third quarter when the defense stepped up, made some big time plays, Aaron Darnold, I mean, you can't say anything bad about that guy. You know, he, he makes the big money and he comes out and plays even better. Uh, you know, I think then people expected, you know, defensive player of the year and, you know, he's definitely the top tier of defensive players, no matter the position, when you talk about NFL defensive players. But, you know, the plays that they made and the things that they were able to do on defense, I think really was a testament to how well-rounded this Rams team is. And, you know, you look at the Chiefs and they, you know, had some big-time defensive stops. But, you know, Jared Goff was able to make the plays when he needed to. Uh, You know, they're even down a few injured players like Cooper Cup and, you know, they had some guys step up and make some big, big time plays for that offense. And, you know, I look at Josh Reynolds was one, you know, six catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. He was making some big time catches and big time plays. You know, Tyler Higby got involved in the offense a little bit and he's usually, you know, not that involved, had six catches for 63 yards. Uh, but, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said on Monday where, you know, you have to pass the ball to win. You have to pass the ball to win. Well, as we talked about with the Chargers, passing the ball leads to interceptions. It leads to sacks. It leads to many things, good and bad. Obviously, you know, when you are going out there passing 46 times a game like the Chiefs did, you're going to get the really big plays you're going to get you know, all the high praise that comes with that, but you're also going to get a lot of the lows and three interceptions, the, you know, two sack fumbles, the touchdowns, everything that was given up by passing that much, I think kind of hindered the Chiefs. And I think when I was watching this game, you could tell it was built up the way the coaches were calling the offense. They really wanted to just live up to the expectations of this game where it was going to be Patrick Mahomes against Jared Goff, these two young studs in the NFL, you know, MVP candidates and whatnot. They wanted to let these two decide the game. And, you know, the running backs were really not that involved. You know, there was a few plays to them in the passing game. You know, they weren't running as much as they normally do. The coaches really just wanted to put it on the shoulders of Goff, Mahomes. You guys go out there. You make the plays. Let's see who comes out on top. Let's build this thing up and make it a shootout like everyone's expecting. And I think that that kind of, you know, maybe got in the way of a game plan that would have been maybe a little bit more conservative, but might have been, you know, something that helped the Chiefs take care of that game and get the victory because when you look at Kareem Hunt had 14 carries for 70 yards he averaged five yards a carry Patrick Mahomes you know had some good runs to make some plays here and there when he needed to out of the pocket but you know Kareem Hunt was running the ball they were doing a good job running the ball Rams defense was kind of expecting pass every single time so they really hit him a few times for you know six and seven yard gains and when you look at the running game there, it was like every time they ran the ball and got four to five yards, it was almost like, you know, oh my gosh, like why are you doing that? You got like no yards on that play, even though it was a successful running play because during the entire game, 
everyone watching was so used to 20, 30, 40, 50 yard plays in the passing game. And so any run didn't matter how long it was unless it busted for like 20, 25 was, you know, kind of viewed as, nah, you know, that, that play was kind of a waste. We only got four yards or we only got five yards. And you talk to any coach in the NFL and they'll take four to five yards every single time when the running back touches the ball. And so, you know, as I look at this game and I kind of, you know, dissect what happened during the game and the moments of the game, I think the Chiefs really could have benefited from, you know, running the ball a little bit more, controlling the game a little bit more. They have one of the best running backs in the game. And, you know, he was producing, they were doing well, they were getting good yards. And, you know, maybe you take away, you know, five to seven passes that Patrick Mahomes did and you run the ball. And that might have helped with those three interceptions and some of the sack fumbles and everything that took place for that Rams defense. So, you know, as I go back to it, it's like, well, you got to pass the ball to win the game. Yeah, on one side, Jared Goff was able to do that, but he also got a ton of help from his defense. On the other side, the Chiefs, you know, didn't get a ton of help from their defense. There were some stops, but no major turnovers, nothing huge and game-changing like the Rams' defense did. And they had Patrick Mahomes throw the ball 46 times, three interceptions, and, you know, the two big-time sacks from Aaron Donald that were absolute game-changers. So, as I go back to... What I said before, you got to have some balance. You got to be able to run the ball in the NFL. I know everyone loves the high flying quarterbacks and all the stats and the fantasy and everything else. And trust me, I appreciated the fantasy stats on Monday as well. As I told you, I have Mahomes, I have Goff, and I have Kelsey. So I was able to pull out my victories in fantasy. But in the end, I want to see good football. And while that game was enjoyable, I look back and think, I hate the Chiefs, I wanted the Chiefs to lose, and yet the Chiefs never should have lost that game. In all reality, they they made some big-time plays, they had that game ready to win, and the interceptions, the touchdowns from the Rams' defense let that one slip away from the Chiefs. So, might be something that Andy Reid kind of puts in the back of his mind that, Maybe, you know, Kareem Hunt, with as talented as he is, should have ran the ball a couple more times in that game. Todd Gurley, I mean, that's another one. He only had 12 carries, but had 55 yards. You know, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. So at the same time, it was, you know, Todd Gurley was kind of sitting there just pass protecting the entire time and not getting a lot of run, um, you know, action, even late in the game. So, you know, these two teams have very very talented running backs and they were poorly used in my opinion in this game but I understand you know the coaches wanted Goff and Mahomes to just go at each other and give all the fans exactly what they were kind of predicting and wanting in this game they let them do it but I promise you if these two teams meet in the Super Bowl you will see a very different offensive game plan from both coaches and there's no need to argue about that Moving on to tomorrow's games. We got a big slate uh, of really good games. You know, Thanksgiving, you know, I always look forward to that and watching the football and eating turkey and hanging out with family and friends and, and uh, you know, just kind of all that this day has kind of come to be over such a long period of time. But 
you know, big divisional matchups going on tomorrow. Really unfortunate that Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be playing tomorrow uh, against the Lions. You know, I think as we talked about, you know, last week with Mitchell Trubisky and how well he's been, how efficient he's been this year. Uh, you know, I think that that's something that's really going to hinder this Browns offense. They're probably going to rely on that running game a little bit more. And, uh, you know, the Lions will kind of see how they handle this Bears defense because this Bears defense is, uh, you know, absolutely electric and are making plays every single game. And, you know, it's going to kind of come down to can this defense make some plays like the Rams defense did on Monday? Because I'm not sure without Mitchell Trubisky if this offense is going to be able to produce on a high level on the road. So, you know, for the Bears to pull this one out and to kind of keep their streak going and and keep this team atop the NFC North, that defense is probably going to need to score a touchdown themselves and get some big-time turnovers to make it a little easier on this Bears offense. But, uh, you know, big-time divisional game. Going to be fun to watch starting nice and early here in Mountain Time at 10.30 a.m. So I'll definitely take uh, earlier games anytime I can get them. Uh, second game tomorrow, we got the Redskins and the Cowboys. Again, you know, quarterback injury. Unfortunate for Alex Smith that he did break uh, two bones in his leg, so he will be out for the year. Uh, you know, unfortunate for him. You know, that's just a tough thing that happened. You could kind of tell, you know, by his reaction last week when the injury did take place that it was pretty serious. And so we'll see how uh, Colt McCoy, you know, good old Longhorn comes in, how he how he handles it. You know, he came in at the end of last week and, and did pretty well. But this Cowboys defense is really hitting their stride. They're on another level. They're making turnovers. They're making plays. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Colt McCoy responds and how they're able to do it. But, you know, the Cowboys being at home, the way that they've been playing lately, I think that the Cowboys handle the Redskins pretty easily. I'm not sure if Colt McCoy is going to be ready for a start on Thanksgiving. And, you know, obviously in prime time, you know, the uh, the main event of tomorrow is the Falcons and Saints. And, you know, this is a huge, huge divisional matchup. Obviously, the Saints are just on a tear, uh, you know, scoring all the points in the world. And everyone's wondering how you stop Drew Brees. And, you know, the Falcons, they've kind of been here and there this year. Uh, you know, Julio Jones is doing his thing, and, and Matt Ryan is, you know, trying to put up his numbers. But, you know, the wins just haven't translated, and that defense has kind of struggled, um, putting, you know, giving up a lot of points this year. So, you know, obviously it's a divisional game. It's any given Sunday, as I've said before in the NFL. But this is going to be you know, a big time game for the Falcons because they're sitting at four and six right now. You know, they really are looking at no chance, you know, at the playoffs, definitely no chance at the NFC South with the Panthers and the Saints ahead of them. So, you know, the Falcons need a win and this could be a huge, huge win that could maybe jumpstart, you know, the, the back half of their season and maybe getting on a little bit of a roll here, but it's going to take some tremendous defensive plays and offense is going to have to keep pace with the Saints and the way they're playing. So going to be a great, great game uh, tomorrow evening to check out and watch. I think that this will be a little bit closer of a game than maybe the Saints have had lately. You know, being a divisional matchup, you know, Matt Ryan in primetime on Thanksgiving, you know, I think that the Falcons are definitely going to show up 
and you know have a better game than maybe they've had over the past couple weeks. Um, that'll do it for tomorrow. And you know, looking at the Sunday slate this week, it's it's kind of unfortunate because there's you know a lot of matchups with you know good teams or teams that are supposed to be good and maybe not that good this year with their record. And, you know, the other teams are, you know, kind of at the bottom of the barrel. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be football on Sunday and I'll be happy and I'll be watching games. But, you know, unfortunately, kind of all the big time games this week are going to be taking place tomorrow. And it's unfortunate that we have some big time injuries in the first two tomorrow, uh, you know, to kind of alter how big those games could have been. But, uh, you know, I like I said, I look at the Sunday slate. We got the Browns and Bengals, you know, divisional game. Baker Mayfield coming in, trying to, you know, get himself situated and make this a successful first year, losing their head coach. You know, Greg Williams taking over. It'll be, uh, you know, a good divisional game. And Andy Dalton, you know, and the Bengals, they started out so hot this year and they've kind of tailed off now in the, you know, kind of middle part of the season. I mean, they drop all the way to 5 and 5 now. Steelers have been on a tear. They're sitting up top that division. You know, the Ravens are 5 and 5. They take on the Oakland Raiders. Lamar Jackson gets his first start last week and I mean, runs the ball more than he passed the ball, but they pulled out the victory. So, you know, be interesting to see kind of what takes place with that game. Derek Carr and John Gruden are getting into it on the sideline and you know, fighting about something. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of keep our eyes on that game to see, you know, how those two teams come out and, you know, what happens there because obviously the Ravens are, you know, in the last spot of the wild card playoff standings as it sits right now. And they know that, you know, they got to win games if they're going to keep their season alive and who knows what's going on with Joe Flacco and what his timeline looks like. So, uh, you know, big time game there for those two teams not necessarily for you know the viewing public you could say um but uh you know I think the biggest game on Sunday is going to be the Packers and the Vikings you know they kind of get a rematch from the first game they played this year uh you know in Lambeau who's going to break the tie this week you know they had that tough tie when they played each other in Green Bay and you know, the way these two teams have played this year, you really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers every single week. He's going to produce. He's going to make plays. He's going to give his team a chance. But the Vikings have kind of been, you know, here and there this year, and they're waiting to hit their stride and trying to repeat what they were able to do last year. They have all the weapons. You know, they have the defensive guys in place, at least on paper from last year they do. But, uh, you know, divisional games are always fun. You know, watching Aaron Rodgers go up against that Vikings defense in Minnesota on Thanksgiving weekend, you know, I think that'll be definitely a big time Sunday night primetime game to keep your eyes on uh, as Sunday rolls around. So, you know, like I said, we got some good games. I will always be watching football. I don't care what the matchup is just because I love football that much. But, you know, unfortunately, Sunday just isn't packed with you know, a lot of the big time games that we were able to enjoy last weekend. So tomorrow may be some of the best football we get to watch all weekend. Let's go ahead and do my upset and lock picks of the week. Um, I, I don't have a drum roll. I need to get a drum roll. That's my bad. I'm going to get a drum roll for when I do these every single week. But uh, 
My my lock pick of the week is going to be the Chargers going up against the Cardinals. The Chargers will be at home in L.A. I think coming off the tough loss with the Broncos last week, Keenan Allen had some choice words to use about how he felt about the Broncos. But uh, you know that that team is pissed off. They they knew that they you know should have won that game. They were supposed to win that game, and they didn't. Uh, you know, Joey Bosa was able to come back, kind of get his feet under him. And I think that that defense is definitely going to get after Josh Rosen. And you know that Phillip Rivers is going to be looking for a rebound game after the Broncos and the two interceptions and everything that took place at the end of that game and some of the mistakes that he made. So I will definitely take the Chargers at home as my lock pick of the week. And my upset pick of the week I'm I'm going to reach out there and I'm taking the Falcons. Tomorrow night, I'm taking the Falcons in the upset over the Saints divisional game. Falcons need to win more than anything right now to keep their playoff hopes alive and to keep fighting in that really tough NFC South. So give me the Falcons over the Saints. I think it's going to be a close game and I think that Drew Brees and the Saints get slowed down just enough for the Falcons to outscore the Saints this week. So give me the Falcons in the upset, and there's no need to argue about that. Thank you guys so much for checking me out this week. I will definitely be touching base next Monday. Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy it. I, fortunately, with my job, have a four-day weekend, so I'm definitely going to take advantage of that, get some stuff done around the house, hang out with my wife, enjoy the weekend, and I will see you guys on Monday. Take care. Thank you all so much for listening again. Until next time, I'm Kobe Wittick, and there's no need to argue about that.